Hello, folks. This is Zekthar, and this is my box about Bjorn the Fell-Handed and his negotiating at the end of the Months of Shame. Or at least that how it was supposed to start. The more I looked into the Battle of the Fang, I soon discovered that there were three sieges, in fact, of the mighty Citadel, two of which Bjorn had a hand in. So I'd like to go a little above and beyond, so to speak, and tell you of all three sieges. Now, I can't go through all three this week, so starting chronologically, I will drop each one of these for the next three weeks. So sit back, grab yourself a beer, and enjoy. Let me start by explaining what the Fang actually is. At the center of a vast plateau of the northern polar continent of Asaheim on Fenris, there is a range of mountains whose peaks are said to rise above the atmosphere. The tallest of all lies in the middle of the range, dwarfing its fellows and rising like a single gnarled tooth above those that surround it. This peak, and the chapter fortress that it is built upon and within it, is the Fang. The Fang is perhaps the greatest fortress constructed since the fortification of the Imperial Palace on Terra. It is so big, in fact, that the top pierces the atmosphere of Fenris, providing a docking point for orbiting spacecraft and allowing quick abscess to the surface without having to use suborbital transport. It is clad in immensely thick armor, and is protected by void shields stronger even than those on the mighty imperial warships. Shafts have been cut into the mountainsides, concealing vast laser batteries capable of blasting the biggest ships in the galaxy. These weapons are as old as the chapter itself, a testament to the reliability of the level of technology produced during the Great Crusade. Also, the thermal reactors powering the weapons and shields are of the same age. Wondrous, though it is to think that they actually still work after all this time. The top of the Fang is the center of the Space Wolf's fleet dock, where hundreds of ships are moored. They can be easily maintained, materials can be moved easily from surface to space via this huge fortress. It is from here that the Space Wolf set out on missions across the galaxy. Now for those of you who are listening to this podcast, don't worry. I have put maps and images of the Fang on our website at www.asheraka.com. Just look for Warhammer 40K's Grim History from the Beyond and look up the Fang. Anyway, this massive fortress has, like I said, been put under siege three times. The first being done by the Thousand Sons and their demon Primarch Magnus, the Red, in 432. At the time, the noble Herrick Ironhelm was the Great Wolf, and he was obsessed with hunting down and exterminating the Thousand Sons. Magnus fueled this obsession by raiding worlds close to Fenris, and even using foul sorcery to taunt Herrick in his dreams. Once he had Herrick riled up enough, he set his trap, allowing the wolves to locate them on a world of Gengava, apparently in the midst of building up their strength through mysterious means. Ironhelm ordered the immediate mobilization of almost the entire chapter in response, intending to fall upon Gengava and finally eradicating the Thousand Sons once and for all. Left behind to ensure the safety of Fenris was one single great company, the Twelfth, and the staff and defense forces of the Fang itself. Yet it was all a ruse. Magnus's true target was the Fang itself, Gathering all of his forces, he warped into the Fenris airspace and began his attack. The orbital stage of battle was overwhelmingly one-sided, with Fenris orbital guns platforms reduced to 20% strength 
after less than an hour, and the main defense vessel, the Skremar, effectively crippled. Charles Vaire Greylock, commander of the Twelve and the Fang's defenses, ordered the other surviving Space Wolf vessels to flee the system and make for Gengava to ensure an urgent recall of the bulk of the chapter's strength. The Ogmar and the Slaker both perished in the attempt, but the fast scout ship Nauru, commanded by Hakon Gavelson, was able to break the blockade and enter the warp, although the defenders of Fenris thought her to have been destroyed and therefore believed themselves cut off from all aid. Not long afterwards, the valiant Skrymar was finally destroyed. With her death, the Thousand Sons were able to establish an orbital blockade and begin the laborious process of landing their ground forces upon the death world of Fenris. After dropping troops on Fenris, the attack on the Fang proper began on the eighth day, artillery and counter-artillery fire, followed up with demonstrations of psychic powers from both sides. The siege lasted for a short while before the Thousand Sons had knocked out enough of the Fang's guns to bring up their gatebreakers, specially constructed demon engines that poured concentrated eldritch firepower upon one of the main entrances of the Fang itself and broke through. The spire guards surged forward, but they were met at the very threshold by a sally led by Jarl Greylock, whose Astartes units proved superior to the mortals assaulting them. Eventually, however, the Space Wolves' forces had to retreat inside the walls, blowing up the entrance behind them, pressed as they were by the constant artillery barrage and the implacable advance of rubric marines. Upon this retreat, they awoke the dozen revered fallen, the dreadnoughts of the Space Wolves. Bjorn, upon being woken from his long slumber, led the defenders of the Fang. The defenders, upon Bjorn's recommendation, were split in two, each to guard one of the choke points designed to the Fang. Greylock, Bjorn, and Odain Sturmjart would command the force stationed at Borek's seal, which protected the underground reactors, while Heralder and Lauf Cloudbreaker would lead the 47 Astartes, 6 Dreadnoughts, and as many mortals as possible in the defense of the Fang Thane, the entrance of the upper command areas. Ten days after the collapse of the gate, the Thousand Suns broke through. Spreading out into the fortress, they encountered the Space Wolves' choke points and engaged them in battle. While the Fang Thane echoed with intense gunfire and psyker exchange, the tunnel system surrounding Borek's seal forced the combatants into closer-ranged combat. These choke point battles raged continuously for several days, eating into the troops and resources on both sides. During that time, however, Hiram Afael, a fell thousand sun sorcerer, made sure the defensive wards of the Fang were continually located and destroyed, eventually weakening the anti-sorcery Masmia, enough that Magnus the Red himself could finally manifest, using the unwitting Aphael as his host. Magnus, having ordered Amuz Tamek to break orbit and lead the fleet away no matter what happened on the surface of Fenris, immediately made to execute his plan, his whole reason for instigating the invasion of Fenris in the first place, the destruction of Thar Heraldir's apothecariat, as well as his research and prototypes. The demon Primarch fought his way through the Fang Thane, killing all his attention fell upon. Thar Heraldir set up a defense of the Analysts, but immediately handed command over to the Bloodclaw Ogrim Rugger Vrafsen, as he realized his gene seed work was in danger. Arriving at the labs, 
Haraldir discovered both a scene of devastation and the presence of Magnus himself. Everything related to Haraldir's project of creating viable space marine successor gene seeds was completely destroyed. Haraldir threw himself at the demon Primarch in a doomed close combat, and with his death, the knowledge of how to reproduce the space wolves was lost to the Imperium. Magnus's principal goal of the campaign was achieved. But before Magnus could return to the body of his forces, who were still engaged at Borax Seal and the Anolis, however, he was confronted by Greylock, Sturmjart, Bjorn, and the Wolfguard. The quintet of Astarte warriors eagerly engaged in battle. Now, unknown to the defenders of Fenris, the lone wolf, Hakon Galfason, and his vessel, the Naru, had managed to escape the initial naval attack. The Naru entered the warp despite being damaged and continued at maximum speed with little heed paid to the safety of repairing the vessel, as this would have to mean dropping out of the warp. Hakon arrived and communicated the news of the Thousand Suns' attack on Fenris to Ironwolf. While one squadron was left behind to complete the purge of Gengavah, the rest of the chapter turned and headed back to the Fenris. They arrived to find the Thousand Suns' fleet forewarned of their approach and already breaking orbit, while brief skirmishes between the slower Thousand Suns' troop carriers and their arriving Space Wolves' fleet did break out. The majority of the Space Wolf vessels immediately took up orbit over the world and began to mass drop pod dispersal. Just about the time the drop pods started to fall, the combat between the five Space Wolves and Magnus intensified and moved from the ruins of Heraldir's laboratorium into an aircraft hangar near the peak of the Fang. But even with five against one, and each being a hero of the chapter, Magnus was still a demon Primarch. One wolf guard was flung across the hangar, his head crushed. The other had his back broken by a single strike of Magnus's hand. Odain Sturmjart, who had been using his power to increase the deadliness of others, found himself struck by witchfire and then telekinetically exploded. By this point, Magnus himself had been wounded, having taken the most serious injury to any physical form he'd ever worn since the burning of Prospero, and was under a constant plasma cannon fire by Bjorn. The sickening level of destruction visited upon his psychality was not enough to stop him, however, and he murdered Jarl Greylock with his bare hands before finally turning to face the venerable Drendont. Closing with the ancient warrior, the two briefly dueled mightily in close combat, battling on the cliff edge at the end of the open hangar bay. Bjorn injured Magnus with both fire and blade before the dazed and burned Primarch recovered and destroyed both of the Drednot's weapon arms, incapacitating him with sorcery. Magnus paused, recognizing the aura of Bjorn's soul as one he had sensed on Prospero a thousand years before. As he prepared to cast the ancient space wolf out into the abyss, the distracted Magnus was suddenly struck from above. Herrick Ironhelm had arrived, his drop pod purposely impacting on the very peak of the fang itself. Ironhelm saw the duel raging on the edge of the mountain below him. Leaping downwards, he smashed onto the combatants, just as Magnus was preparing to kill the fell-handed, knocking all three of them off the cliff edge. The impact wounded Ironhelm and took Bjorn out of the fight, but the most damage appeared to be suffered by Magnus the Red. The being that stood up before the great wolf on the hillside was no longer recognizable as the Primarch of the Thousand Sons of old. 
Now Magnus appeared as a man shaped solid, coalescing of warp energy, the only clue to his identity being the single baleful glow of an eye that glared out at Ironhelm. It was at this point that Ironhelm assaulted him. Again, the demon Primarch, seemingly dazed and heavily injured, dueled hand to hand with an opponent for a brief time before summoning his sorcerous powers, striking Ironhelm down with a multitude of attacks. Magnus finally slew the great wolf. Magnus then vanished immediately after the death of Ironhelm. His retirement from the field was a signal to the sorcerers of the Thousand Sons to quit the battle, and most of them succeeded to teleport or variously vanish from the Fang, along with the Rubakai. The Thousand Sons fleet lingered just long enough to pick up some retreating Legion elements before jumping to warp. The mortal Spire Guard, along with most of their material, were simply abandoned to face the vengeance of the Velkath and Rika. Despite being mere human soldiery, it still took the Space Wolves 40 days to hunt down and exterminate all of them. With the burning of the last of their bodies, the Battle of the Fang was reckoned to be over. Jarl Arvik Karlskar became the Great Wolf of the chapter in the days that followed. His first task, the rebuilding of both the Fang and the Twelfth Great Company. Of the Twelfth itself, 22 Astartes survived the battle, 21 of those belonging to the force defending Borek's seal. The 22nd was Ogrim Rhaegar Raffelson, the blood charged with holding the Analyst by the wolf priest, Haraldir. He alone survived where all others died. Herrick Ironhelm was interred with great honor in a tomb on the side of the Fang. His tomb became a regular pilgrimage site for the chapter's rune priest, who are reminded not only of Ironhelm's valor, but also the folly of trusting visions granted by chaos. Of Haraldir and his experiments, nothing was salvageable. Therefore, whilst the Battle of the Fang is reckoned to be a terrible defeat for the Thousand Sons, Magnus achieved his purpose. The Sons of Rust project would not rise again, and there would never be any successors born to the Space Wolves. The battle robbed the chapter of their possibility to reproduce, spread, and grow in power and potentially strike a devastating blow against the forces of chaos. However, it did not even come close to destroying them, and the recovery from it was assured. For the Thousand Sons, it was another matter entirely. Their legion was thrown almost everything into the battle, and lost almost as much. Apart from their fleet, the remaining non-Astarte legion resources were used up and cast away. Several of the remaining senior figures in the legion were lost encouraging the breaking down of the command tree, and the retreat was scattered and piecemeal. Ever since the siege, they have never appeared again in such strength and size, and the Thousand Sons are thought to have lost organized coherence and become a group of war bands, and most space wolves think of them more of a nuisance rather than a threat. Yet those that have a knowledge of history and understanding keep a watchful gaze to the stars, knowing that the Thousand Sons will return one day, and they will return with a vengeance. Hope you enjoyed this tale of the first siege of the Fang. Tune in next time for the second siege during the time of the Plague of Disbelief. And as always, tune in on Tuesdays for Yuxin and myself as we continue the histories of the Space Wolves. Until next time, this is Zekthar, signing off.